Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Portal Podcast. I am Billy Embody, Matthew Bruni, Shay Dixon, along for the ride here with us on this Friday as we wrap up this latest round of Portal Podcast before moving on to our spring football preview content podcast name to be determined. But fellas, let's jump in here with news that LSU did miss out on two of their transfer targets over the last week or so um, with a pair of big transfers who had played elsewhere at Power 5 conferences, started a lot of games, um, both not end up making it to LSU to check it out and going elsewhere. One being Miami offensive line transfer Ja'Kai Clark uh, commits to SMU uh, earlier this week to reunite with his former coaching staff who had him in Coral Gables for multiple years um, as he started 39 games there. And then the other one, Iowa lands Virginia linebacker Nick Jackson, an all-ACC performer uh, who got heavily recruited by Iowa out of high school and is headed to play in that defense, which, as we know, is uh, one of the nation's best out there, uh, quite the opposite from their offense, but that's another story. Uh, let's start with you, Matty B. Um, which one of these kind of stuck out to you as far as you know, a tough miss for the Tigers and uh, maybe where they go from here after that? Yeah, I think Nick Jackson would have been uh, a really solid pickup, a uh, solid addition. I mean, we talked about it before, the linebacker room. While they add Omar Spates, and obviously you add the two freshmen and Whit Weeks and Christian Brathwaite, and, you know, we'll see where Harold Perkins ends up. But even if you throw him in that room, it's not the deepest room as far as proven talent goes. So um, that's that's where I start. Uh, obviously getting him, you know, they never, they didn't even get him on campus, so it's not like they, you know, quote-unquote lost that but you know not to get him is something that uh i think is notable because of what they still i think need at the linebacker position is can they find one more guy that can contribute on a consistent basis and if not do they just end up adding a a back-end type guy that maybe has three or four years of eligibility left um down the line so um yeah he's the one i was looking at obviously clark uh you know we've talked about the center position before but i'll let y'all um, talk about that. I took the took the linebacker one. Yeah, and Shay, what you know, we've talked about center Jake Renfro was on the board for LSU. He ends up reuniting with his former staff from Cincinnati at Wisconsin. Um, kind of the same story there with Jakai Clark, somebody that you know kind of maybe got pushed out in some sense by you know Mario Cristobal bringing in another center option from UCF, but still a guy that started 39 games uh, between guard and center for the Hurricanes and. Um, was going to take visits to LSU, Missouri, West Virginia, but in the end just uh, ends up you know, following his coaches, knowing that he can walk right in there and, and start day one. Yeah, I mean, I think, one, as Matty B noted, neither of these guys visited. And every all 11 guys that they got out of the portal, like in December and January that are now on the team, had visited at some point. And there were some secret visits in there and then guys popped. And then we found out afterwards, Oh, they were on campus last week or whatever it might've been. These were two guys who a didn't visit B. I think it's a unique situation. Contrary to most kids in the portal of these guys are both grad transfers. Like he's going to, they're both going to wrap up at Miami and Virginia, then leave in the summer because they want to get degrees. And then uh, that allows them to move as grad transfers. Grad transfers are looking almost for an immediate starting job. And I'm not saying that Nick Jackson couldn't have come in and won a starting job 
it might even have been a little more hard pressed for a guy like Clark to come in and win a job like on the O line. I think that's probably a big factor here. Like they went to spots where they will be starting next year. Like I don't think you could guarantee that either of those guys 100% would be starting if they came here. If Omar Spates wasn't in the picture from Oregon State, then maybe Nick Jackson takes it a little more seriously. But after Spates, I don't think that like he's a one-year guy. It's pretty much guaranteed at this point if he comes in and looks apart that he's going to start. As Matty B said, they move Harold Perkins around. You've got Greg Penn. You'd like more linebackers. We'll talk about that later, but you're probably hard pressed to find like or stack up a bunch of grad transfers who only have a year and really want to be able to play and not go somewhere else and just compete uh, for, comp- you know, for playing time. So I think that was a big thing too. And for me, it just resets it. I don't really think that they'll add anyone between now and May because they know everyone that is in the portal unless they make another move on a guy and bring them in in March. I would bet they're going through a spring ball, getting a feel for what they have, and then going from there. Yeah, I think Ja'Kai Clark, I mean, Billy kind of touched on it. I mean, it's not like he was an all-ACC caliber player at Miami. So him stepping in, and even though we have question marks about whether it's Charles Turner or Marlon Martinez, um, that still would have been a battle there. And like you said, I think grad transfers for the most part, um, you want somewhere where you can start. So we'll see that that Renfro, the Wisconsin eventual commit uh, would have been probably a lock to start. I'm not sure about Clark. Yeah. And I mean, look, I mean, as LSU goes through this now that the portal window is closed uh, for the early guys, the guys that can really go through spring. I mean, there's only there's very few options, if any, uh, that would you know be able to come into LSU and, and be here in time for spring ball. Um, like Jaden Daniels did, it would have to be a very unique situation now. So they do turn their attention to that next portal window as far as who can enter during that time and come in and compete. And it could be more grad transfers that, you know, could graduate in May and end up, you know, going through spring. They maybe have an extra year of eligibility. They have that COVID year and they go through spring. They say, you know what, this isn't the spot for me. There's new, new coaching staff. I got to go find somewhere I can play and, and be in a better situation. There could be guys that are younger that enter after going through spring and not liking it. I mean, it is going to be a complete mixed bag when it comes to who enters um, in that May window, a two week window um, for guys to you know enter. And then they'll be able to be recruited over the course of the summer and all of that. But you know, when you look at the remaining needs, I think we're all in agreement that they remain the same. You know, you're looking for an interior guy on the offensive line if you can find one, um, a depth piece, a low risk guy um, to 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 bring in uh, for one year potentially, or somebody really good that has a bright future that has multiple years left. Wouldn't be bad if they could find that in the next transfer portal window. You look at linebacker, another depth piece would be nice. You look at tight end though. I think tight end is the one that stands out to me the most. Um, what about you guys? Yeah, I think tight end is is an interesting spot. I was I was gonna ask y'all, and I'll let Shay uh, kind of give his thoughts on it. But I was gonna ask y'all because because we haven't had portal windows before. I struggle to remember how often it is, how likely it is that players leave after spring ball. And so, obviously, you know, y'all are older than me. So, um, I how how likely do you think it is that we see like compared to what we saw in the first window, how? Like, how much do you think we see after the spring? 
it won't be nearly as much. I mean, look, Joe Burrow left after spring ball, but that's guys who get into battles for spots. And then you're like, oh, if I didn't win the spot, I'm going to go somewhere else. And I guess that could happen. Obviously, that will happen. Then it's just a matter of, okay, did those type of guys fit our needs? Like, I don't think a bunch of start, like beast mode starters are hitting the portal after spring because you would have thought if they wanted to do that, they would be already have transferred and picked a new school. So certainly less active. I do think, I agree with Billy, that when you look at like O-line, for instance, well, you've got all your starters back, minus Anthony Bradford, but really Miles Frazier and Garrett Dellinger sort of split time at guard as starters. So you've got two starters back on the O-line. It's con- Look, we've talked to sources. Billy laid it out. It's safety, it's linebacker, it's interior line and veteran tight end. They don't need starters at, right now, safety, for instance. They just don't have much depth there, at least not proven depth. And not many guys are going to come in and start over Greg Brooks or Major Burns or, you know, Sage Ryan is back there. At O-line, not many guys are going to come in and start over the five they've got. It's just that they lost... Cardell Thomas and Doomerville and Xavier Hill and um, gosh, one more in there um, that I'm blanking on. I think they had four guys uh, enter the portal. Uh, oh, Cam Wire. So you lost a lot of backups, right? And that hits you with depth more than anything. Tight end feels like the only one, and they've addressed linebacker already a little bit with Spates. Tight end feels like the only one because you put veteran on it that you're like, oh, we could really use that person this year. And whether that means they're starting over Mason Taylor, probably not, but they want to be playing multiple tight ends. So that person would be playing a lot. So for me, tight end would be still the biggest need for next year's team. I think if you're just looking at the future, of course, they need more alignment. You'd want more linebacker depth. You want more safety depth. I think they can address those things and they can bring some guys up and develop them. And that will be the depth. Uh, tight end just for that one year fix for me still seems like one that they probably wish they would have already popped a veteran tight end is my point. And it's so hard to find tight ends. Um, you know, I've covered a few different tight end recruitments now from the transfer portal is SMU has looked for one and it is wild. It is such a hard position to find someone that can come in and compete at a high level right away. And, you know, uh, Baylor ends up getting a guy like Jake Roberts from UNT. Sorry, Matty B. But like he was one of the yeah. top, transfer tight ends out there in a big body he could have fit somewhere in LSU's plan especially since they have Mason Taylor I was a little surprised they didn't go in on him quite frankly just because he's had some production he's got multiple years left um, but you know has that ability to kind of do multiple things I mean you know that would be it's a hindsight 2020 argument but that's how hard it is to find a tight end um, that really can do all the things that Tight ends need to do. They need to be able to catch the football. They need to be able to block. Um, they can't be one-dimensional in this offense to really kind of you know, fit in, um, at least yeah. the way we're seeing the tight ends used um, by LSU so far. They've got you know, a bunch of different formations and ways they can line them up, and uh, that's what they want to get to at, at some point. Yeah, and remember last year they were also looking for a tight end, and I think Brian Kelly even said – either during spring or before spring it was like we're looking at a tight end where he straight up said it and they just nothing ever came about so they ended up obviously going to mason taylor the freshman and cole taylor a little bit early on so yeah it's it's not a it's not an easy situation you bring up jake roberts now that i think about it i think yeah him to baylor just seems makes a lot of sense to me like that's a logical jump up there 
but yeah, I mean, LSU could have definitely um, looked that direction as well. Um, that's interesting. I mean, when, when we look at linebacker, what are, what's your guys' goal as far as what they can bring in from the portal? I know Shay, you mentioned there's not going to be much as far as, you know, instant starters going in. I don't think that's the expectation um, unless there are unique situations where coaching staffs are clearly new and not meshing with this player um, who's been the starter for, for quite some time. What do you want out of that linebacker addition? Are you looking at somebody that can provide depth? Who's a younger player that maybe doesn't like it after a full year at their destination? Do you want kind of a veteran role player? What are you? What would you be trying to accomplish if you're LSU for this this group this group and, and rounding it out? I think a veteran linebacker would be nice, you know, just to have another one with Spates, but. I think Penn, I'm in the camp, and I've said it many times, that Greg Penn will continue to make steps and be a reliable player for them. I almost then think you would say, not settle, but then you would say you're okay with taking someone who's like a a West Weeks. Remember, they got him out of Virginia a year ago. He had kind of played on special teams at Virginia, really as a freshman, but then comes in, can start on special teams, becomes a two-deep player for you at linebacker, and you trust him enough to put him out there and get guys some rest, um, you know, throughout a game. So if I'm not getting a Nick Jackson, Omar Spates type, I would 100% take a younger linebacker like a West Weeks that you think could play at this level and can also give you something this year. Yeah, I, th- I think you I think you worded it well. Um, I, I forgot earlier when I was talking about tight end um, to mention that I think honestly safety is my most important position because man, that is no depth, zero depth there. I, I like Kylan Jackson. I like, uh, you know, obviously stamps and uh, Toviano are going to, we'll see what they do at corner uh, initially, but, uh, and I like them as well, but we are putting a lot of, we're putting a lot on Sage Ryan, you know, Matthew Langlaw, even like a Jordan Allen, who I think is more is uh, locked in at nickel. We're putting a lot on those guys. Obviously, Brooks and Burns will need to stay healthy for this team at, in its current construction. But even behind them, I have zero answers and zero expectations of what I would see if Brooks or Burns went down and missed any time. Nope, I'm with you on that one. Because Langwa, super talented coming out of Catholic Point Capi, has just been injured in back-to-back years. Um a good bit like Chris Hilton almost like, you know, the talents there, it's just, they haven't been healthy enough for you to have them out there consistently. And then as you noted, it's, they've got some guys like, look, you signed safeties. You mentioned Kylan Jackson and all those guys, but none of them have played at the college level, obviously. And even then Greg Brooks has been your starting nickel. Now you're assuming you have to put him at safety just to get two starting safeties with major burns and Sage Ryan, you can play that same game with like, Okay, yeah, he can play nickel. Do you want him as your backup safety? Do you want him as one of the safeties? If so, you're really relying on other people to play nickel. Um, maybe it's some of these new transfers like Deuce Chestnut. But, yeah, uh, safety depth. The starters don't concern me at safety. It's just the depth because they have some other guys. We've just never seen them play. And that's a scary proposition, as Matthew noted, if a Greg Brooks or Major Burns ever gets hurt and has to miss some games. And the only the only last thing I'll say on that is uh, I I had hope or I have hope I guess that maybe Zay Alexander could 
if necessary, drop back to safety like Derek Bernard Converse. That is the only kind of saving grace I, I would have is like, okay, if Zion Alexander can do that, which he didn't do much at Southeastern. He was a corner, like a true boundary corner at, at Southeastern. So, but if he does have that range, he's 6'3", he's, you know, super athletic. I think that could be one of the backup safeties if they need him there. But again, you're relying on a lot of question marks at this moment. Yeah, I, th- I think you make a great point about Zion, that position. And I mean, you look at JV and Toviano, you look at some of those guys that, you know, were necessarily recruited at a corner, but they have the ability to cover and move back, which I think when LSU has been bad at safety uh, from, you know, point to point, um, they, they haven't been able to cover. I mean, that is the, the, uh, the biggest issue that's been back there. Um, when it comes to maybe an under the radar position, you know, out of the transfer portal, maybe a, a need people aren't talking enough about. Is there anything that stands out to you guys right now about uh, that group that you could, you know, maybe see them making a move if, if the right person enters after spring practice? Hmm. I, I don't think, I, I don't think they had a running back or a receiver at this point, right? That feels like a stretch. Um, I mean, receiver would only be if maybe they don't think any of the freshmen could help them, which I don't know if that feels right. I feel like they're going to get help from one of these freshmen, if not more than one of these freshmen, not as starters, but, you know, just down, down the line. Uh, maybe an injury, obviously, that happens in spring, knock on wood. But, you know, that obviously could change the dynamic. But I think a running back or a receiver would surprise me. I think a defensive lineman at this uh, defensive lineman, for the most part, would surprise me um, as well. So I think they've checked off every other box. Um, I mean, they signed, you know, four corners as well. So now I'm with him. I think those four positions we've circled are the ones. Everything D-line and corner got checked off. Ten of your 11 transfers play – or nine of your 11 transfers play those two positions. They, then we get back into the positions that we've already talked about. So, yeah, I think they're good everywhere. And receiver and running back are two places that freshmen can contribute. So I feel like they'll be good there no matter what. Like they've got depth, certainly have depth at running back. But have enough depth, I think they'll be good. Yeah, and if if they didn't have Nathan, Di- Nathan Diver, I might say kicker. But you have Nathan Diver and you have Damian Ramos. Like you'll you're fine, and I mean to plug the site here, uh, thirty dollars for for access to the BengalTiger.com until September. Founder Club hats are still out there. No hat with Maddie B right I now. I have my hat, um, but I, I, uh, I cleaned up. I organized and <laughs> I put put my hats in the same spot, and so I don't just have it sitting here anymore. Um, well, we got to get on the same page on that front uh, as we move into uh, spring football. But uh, Shay did drop some tidbits on newcomers, uh, some good things coming at the wide receiver position. So after a few weeks of workouts, LSU feeling really good about where that position is for sure um, from some of their newcomers. So check out those tidbits at thebengaltiger.com. Thank you guys for subscribing to the YouTube channel, getting us to 3,000 subscribers. Keep us uh, going to 4K. That's next up. Um, Guys, let's end with this because, first of all, Matty B has to – uh, go to uh, uh, base, uh, basketball press conference after this. Go, go check in on Matt McMahon. Make sure Matt um, McMahon's doing all right. <laughs> uh, see if he's okay. But uh, let's go with your your biggest sleeper and your favorite transfer commitment. Let's go round the horn on that, and and then we'll get people out of here and and onto their Super Bowl weekend. Biggest sleeper for me, Ovia Gofu. 
Um, we talked about it before. He surprised me on film. I mean, but this is a guy who started two years at Texas. Didn't put up great numbers, but I think he can contribute on a consistent basis. Um, so he's my biggest sleeper. Matty B still, are we doing sleeper and biggest get at the same I time? I honestly there? forgot. I forgot what the second part was. Okay, yeah. Your, who, who is your best addition out of the portal? Best addition? Yeah, it's Denver Harris. Denver Harris. I don't need to. I, I don't, I mean, we've talked about him before. He, he should start. Um, if everything goes right, then he's all conference, either probably this year. Okay, I agree with Matty B on both. But I'll offer this up then. Um, because I think Denver Harris is by far the best player they got. Like, I think he'll be the highest draft pick out of these 11 guys. And if everything goes as planned for him, he's got that kind of talent. Don't sleep on Aaron Anderson, obviously, but he's a Louisiana guy. Everybody knows that. Um, I'll pick for my sleeper, which kind of is odd that he's also, he's kind of one of the higher ranked guys anyways, but I think Deuce Chestnut contributes more than people probably realize. And he's played a couple years. He's got a couple years left. If he gets into a situation where, he plays really well this year and then still comes back for another year. It becomes a really valuable addition for you. You get two years out of him. So I'll say Chestnut coming from Syracuse with the ability to play nickel and corner is uh, who I'll choose as my sleeper if you want. But I do think Denver is the best player they added. It's a good pick. Yeah, I mean, I think it's clear. We've talked about it a lot. Denver Harris is is the best player out of the transfer portal. I'll say my sleeper, probably Parrish And You know, I just think coming from Arizona, you just – you know, he's kind of been on the uptick as far as his statistics go. That program's kind of been a little bit of a mess, so maybe a better situation um, with LSU and Jamar Kane, somebody he trusts and knows. Uh, he can get back uh, onto that level of improving, and, and he can factor in somewhere along the defensive line. I mean, he's got a little bit of versatility, I think, just looking at his body type and his size. You maybe play on the – not necessarily a stand-up edge by any means, but, you know, play out – that strong side defensive end, play with his hand in the dirt, maybe slide inside. He's got some options. And and that's the thing that I think with this defensive line hall overall, um, they have, you know, quite a few options and ways to put guys in positions, whether it be, you know, downs one to two, a third down package. They have some different situations um, and in their scheme that they can use all of these guys in for the most part. So, um, biggest sleeper for me is going to be Paris Shand. And then that best addition is Denver Harris. Um, I think with with what we're starting to hear about Aaron Anderson, I don't know if he could end up being that highest drafted guy um, unless he really dazzles and, you know, multiple punts and kickoff returns for touchdowns and, yeah. you know, uh, it just becomes a slot killer and things like that. But um, athletically, he's going to fit just fine in this offense and give them some options and some creative ways to, you know, maybe hit some explosives in the, in the short passing game and just let them go get it or line it up and just let them, you know, run by a guy, you know, in the slot. I think there's some different ways to get him the football and get him involved, some quick hitters and things like that to, to really get the offense, maybe with some more explosive plays and, and things like that. So um, I I'm saying Aaron Anderson could edge out Denver Harris as far as where he could be drafted, even if Denver, you know, has ends up having a good LSU career. Aaron Anderson, if he hits that explosiveness um, the way he has shown in the past in the high school ranks, he's got a chance. He's got a real chance. I really like that Parashan pick because one of us will be right. <laughs> there you <laughs> I, go. I had him as the lowest rated or my 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 personal lowest ranked, and you like Parashan, so one of us will be right. 
Um, also, shout out to Jordan Jefferson, uh, my third highest ranked player. I, I love his film. He's going to be really good. West Virginia defensive lineman, not ex-LSU quarterback. Yes, not, um, not, not that one. He's got an extra year. He's got COVID year. Yeah, Billy, just because this is our final portal podcast, if you're not watching on video, I'm sorry that you're not getting to enjoy this. That Tampa Bay jersey's got to hit the portal. That's one of the worst jerseys I've ever seen. Oh, no. The fl- are those flames on the side? So it's an ode. So when the Lightning came in the league, they were this you know new team in Florida. And they were – this is back when, like, the NHL was trying some outrageous jerseys. So the original logo for the Lightning's in the middle. But uh, then they did this alternate jersey that had the flames – it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's got like the waves. Of the, it's it's legit. It's a I lot like better. It, and it's I coming like it. off a 5 nothing beatdown of the Colorado Avalanche last night. There you go. Uh, a little payback, I guess, from the Stanley Cup. Uh, I like it. Um, that's why I brought it back out. <laughs> uh, don't listen to Shay, Billy. I like it. Yeah. Well, you yeah. should wear it next podcast. I like actually. everything but the yeah. flames. You should yeah. wear it. Where don't don't listen to him. Yeah, I'll turn the flames around a little bit. There you go. There. Oh, now there it's great. It's so much better now, right? It looks awesome. Oh, uh, I got to get some LSU jerseys. We got to get Jamar to send me one or something. You know, let's let's get some. What a some name drop up in here. Just a name drop. Oh, get Jamar to send me one. Jimmy Chase. Yeah, hey, get did Jimmy to send Chase. one too. Let's see if we can get Dan Dan Burrow to get us a Joe jersey <laughs> and Jimmy Chase to get us a Jamar jersey. Big Sting to get us a, a Derek Stingley jersey. Let's see who comes through y'all first. Need to, y'all need to lower your – we need to get Ty Davis-Price to send us maybe a jersey. We got to start somewhere Honestly. more than just NFL Offensive Player of the Year or something. We got to set our <laughs> well, bar a little high Jet, here. I mean, Jets, like, I've got his cereal box, you know, from when he was on Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Like, he's, you know, he's got it. He's got it. You did get that cool sweater, yep. Yep. Damn. So, it's an eye catcher. And it the cereal box is gonna be worth something one day, so I need it. I need yeah. it for my wall. Yeah, we need some swag. I need to. This this room is one day gonna you know maybe be a kids' room or something instead of my little setup here. So keeping the temporary setup oh, for yeah. now, I guess, and find a spot for you know well, some real shout out the portal podcast memorabilia. Yeah, the oh, portal yeah. podcast hitting the portal until. The next window, I guess. Until, yeah, until we bring it back, until yep. we bring it back for two weeks in May, and then yep. then then it's retired again. Yeah. Well, guys, it's been fun. It's been a wild portal season. Um, LSU did very very well in that regard. Maddie B's got to go uh, hang out with Matt McMahon, who needs to hit the portal for their next year's team pretty heavily. So we'll be tracking that as well because that spring window is obviously for basketball players as well, um, and they have their own uh, portal window and transfer stuff going on too. So. We'll be covering a lot of that. Matty B, shout out to him for dropping a lot of analysis right now on the new wave of LSU basketball coming in. Their signing classes in men's and women's. So check that out at BengalTiger.com. Continue to have tons of content on how spring workouts are going. And certainly we'll fire up more spring football preview content as we turn that page um, over the next month uh, during this dead period. So hope you guys have a great Super Bowl weekend. Quick picks. Who you got? Chiefs. Chiefs. Eagles. I'm 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 going. Um I, I really don't like this pick, but I, I think I'm going Chiefs. Okay. Okay. I think I'm going Chiefs. Okay. I, I I think the way it kind of happened for them to end up in the Super Bowl, I, I don't know. Patrick Mahomes had a couple weeks to to rest up that ankle. I think he's got some up his sleeve. Although 
I like Jalen Hurts uh, and what they're doing too. We'll see. Man, I'm never making it to this press conference. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're wrapping up the pod. Thanks for listening, guys. Please subscribe. Get us to 4,000 subscribers. We'll catch you next time. Appreciate you guys listening and have a great Super Bowl weekend.